You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Today's podcast episode is a long overdue interview with Anna Izzo, who is a good friend of mine, and she actually was a client of mine. That's how I was introduced to her. And through kind of our journey together, we paired up and started co-hosting these amazing and healing wellness retreats that we do both up in Lake Placid and here in Canandaigua. I'm sure you have seen us post about them because we love them and they are so much fun. But today we're going to be talking all about Anna and her journey of healing through trauma and really what that looked like for her. And I think it's a very empowering story. I always love hearing it. And I know that you are going to enjoy hearing about it as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with Anna Izzo. Anna Izzo, welcome to the podcast. I have been meaning to bring you on for so long because... We do a lot together. We talk almost every day, but now I get to finally bring you on the podcast and talk all about your journey, your health journey, all the things. So I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited that we finally made it happen. It's, <laughs> we're two crazy, crazy people. So I'm psyched that it's finally happening. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. So for those who might not be familiar, Anna and I co-host retreats together and yeah. we that's kind of how our relationship has continued to grow. And I, when was the first time that I connected with you? That was like 2020, 2020? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I've known you since then. It was a very different relationship then more of like helping relationship. Whereas now it's just so like, I consider you such a good friend and love being partners with you in these wellness retreats that we're hosting. We are planning Well, by the time this podcast is out, we've already released the tickets for the winter one, the winter couples one that we're going to do, which I'm really excited about because it's kind of unlike anything that we've done with any of our previous retreats. Yeah, it's so, it's like new, new territory. We have no idea (laughs) what the weekend is going to be. I mean, we have ideas of what we want it to be like, but we're really excited to give this type of weekend a try. I'm super excited just because so many people are... I feel like the theme that we got about the last retreat is so much of the health is related to couples, right? Like maybe their couple's not on, maybe their partner's not on board, or maybe like their partner's not explaining or understanding why they're doing certain things. Or I feel like you can make health so much more fun when you do it with somebody else. Like Nick and I are already looking at, like we're looking at somewhere we're going to go this winter and he Googles like, best vacation spots for health-minded people and it's like it's I was sitting there like very thankful that I'm like oh my god I'm so happy that I have somebody who is on the same page as me and we have evolved along the way and I'm very thankful that he's so open to pretty much everything that I have to say and he's he's really interested in learning too and I remember that when we were first talking on like a consult like two years ago you did not have that experience like of your partner being on the same page like and we will get into all of that but seeing Mm -hmm. like where you're at now I'm so I think that what's that makes me even more excited for this weekend is because it just is such a great way to connect with a person that you love I know and this is I've been thinking a lot about it and just before I forget you making the point of so many people at our last retreat bringing up the point that like relationships were a huge stressor for them I didn't make that connection until you just said it but in my workshop that I did over that retreat just like what two weeks ago not even um almost everyone said that their environment was the thing that was bringing their like the most negative energy into their life and like that's crazy and like now now that we're doing this weekend like I'm so excited even more so now that we're making that connection because what we had 20 19 or 20 people on that retreat and probably like 17 of them raised their hand that environment was the biggest stressor for them so that is so exciting that we are creating a space for people who are in relationships that are health conscious and want to feel supported in that and yeah to that point Haley like 
a couple years ago, I was not in a place that like, I've been thinking about that as prepping for this one as like incorporating Mike, um, my boyfriend now into it. Like, this is not a weekend that would be happening a couple, like in the relationship a couple years ago that I was in. Like it just, it wouldn't be as fruitful or joyful. Like when I brought it to Mike, (laughs) he was like, oh, okay. And like was on board and was like asking questions and like excited about it. And I didn't even like have to tell, or I, I didn't even have to ask him to be there. He was like, all right, well, sounds good. Like he's just there. And that's such a dynamic that I always longed for. And now that I have it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so grateful. Like what you were saying about Nick Googling like health minded uh places for vacation like he does he does that kind of stuff where like <laughs> he'll say like this meal is completely unapproved or like he's like <laughs> totally uh, he's totally revamped certain things and like he's so much more aware and he'll like send me photos while he's grocery shopping and he's be like well like is is this okay or like what's in this that I should be concerned about and I just I love it because he's taking that um initiative to engage with me in that way because he knows it means a lot to me so that like oh that's like my love language (laughs) yeah I love it though and it's it's just so important and I I just see it affect so many people's life like when people at the retreat were saying like oh you know the environment was one of the most stressful things for them like I I understand that because I see that all the time like people who eat the best, like they're eating the cleanest foods or eating the best foods, but like they're still in a horrible relationship or like mold or whatever that environmental stress looks like where it's not allowing them to heal. Like it's not allowing them to have be in that like parasympathetic healing state. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So I'm really excited about this weekend because it just, if, if your partner's not on the same page or you're trying to like get them to be on the same page, this is a phenomenal way to be able to do that. And yeah, it's and a I, good way for you guys to grow together. You're going to learn a lot. Like we're bringing on a nut or someone else we're using. Um, we're bringing on Dr. Drew, which I'm really yes. excited to bring. And him he'll on bring like a masculine perspective. Yeah. Well, his masculine perspective is going to like bring a really like nice enhancement to the weekend that our women's retreats don't have. So he'll like be able to like balance out that feminine and masculine energy. Yes. I totally agree because I think, um, and he's, I, I mean, that's, I think one of the nicest parts about having, bringing him on for the couples because it, it, like you said, it is able to balance that out a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, he's going to be talking about gut health, which I think that'll be super nice, especially when it pertains to like, if the guys kind of split off and work with him and they're going to do gut health and gut healing, I think that'll just be, I think that'll resonate really nice because I want to focus on more like feminine microbiome, women's hormones. So I think I'm just really excited for it. Yeah. I, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm very excited because I think like coming from a relationship that, I did not have that, like what you were saying about, um, like you could do all the healthy things. You could have a healthy diet. You can be exercising daily. You can be meditating. You can be practicing self-care, all that kind of stuff. Like you could even be getting as much sleep as you want each night. Like, uh, that environment is so big and like having come from a background where that affect, like really affected me. I know how true that is that you can be trying to do everything right. And if your environment is not healthy, you're, it's like, you're, (laughs) you're pretty much leaving the drain open whenever you pour anything down, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. I love that analogy that you talked about. So, okay. Your background, people are probably like, okay, what is she talking about? Like, what is, (laughs) like, what is this relationship that she's talking about? So, um, I mean, there's so much that I really love about your health journey. And so I guess in terms of where we should start, we probably should even start before the relationship stuff, because it definitely stems back to when you were younger. So tell us a little bit about where kind of the start of your journey started. And it's really cool when you hear this and you know the story and then you look at where she is now and you're like, wow, so much healing and growth is so possible. So I'm so excited for you to share it. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, it's a really long story. And I guess it starts. So I'm actually, (laughs) I mean, who knows how long this will take me, but I've actually started writing a book over the last couple of years. And the first part of it um, is literally like the first remembrance I have of being uncomfortable in my body. Um, And that was in first grade at the pumpkin patch. (laughs) And so I'll tell this story and how it relates. But um, we were we were going to the pumpkin patch. And it was a dress down day. And we were allowed to like not wear our uniforms because I went to a private Catholic school. And my mom didn't get the memo or something. I don't know. I told her it was dress down day. She's like, well, you're just gonna wear your uniform anyway. And I growing up, um, so I was born with candida, which is like a yeast overgrowth. Um, and I had impetigo all over my face. Like I just was a disaster in first grade. Like my hair was curly already in first grade. Like I knew that my body was just not like, it was not in rhythm and it wasn't comfy to live in. Um, the clothes that I was wearing were too tight. The shoes were too small. My hair was all frizzy and I was even insecure then. And I show up and everyone's in their dress down clothes and they're hanging out and they're like super cool. And I'm like the one that just did not fit, you know? Um, And I remember thinking that day, like, wow, I really don't fit in. And that's when I remember like disliking my body for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, So and when I, it took me a lot of work to figure out when it really started, but that's when I've been able to pinpoint it back to. Um, And since that day, when I like just didn't fit in, um, I've struggled really hard with eating disorders and relationships and constantly trying to fit in and please and please and please. Um, Now, part of this stems from like my upbringing. It was like the perfect upbringing from the looking out in. We went to church every Sunday. We had family dinners on Sunday. Like we did hikes. We did every sport you could possibly think of. We had a nice house. And I'm so grateful for the upbringing that I had, but there was a lot of turmoil and dysfunction that I dealt with as well. And that that's hard to admit, you know, um, especially mm-hmm. like <laughs> I've almost committed myself to saying like, I'll never share about my childhood until my mom and dad can't ever hear about it, which is like mm-hmm. a horrible way to live because you want to be able to open and share. But of this course. is me <laughs> um, being honest, like there was a lot of turmoil that I went through that affected me growing up I was the third of four children and we were homeschooled a lot of our lives Um, and I just again I was very provided for but there was a lot of emotional care that I was deprived of Um, so that caused me to not really know how to be in relationships I didn't really know how to love be loved I didn't know it was healthy or unhealthy. So when I met my first real boyfriend in high school, my my mom finally let me go to high school in 10th grade. Um, I went into the public school system. Um, I met him and we were really good friends. We ran track, cross country. We did a bunch of sports together. Um, And I think that really is where our friendship began. And then as we went through high school, we moved into college and we stayed together throughout. There were a lot of rocky times where we split and came back together. A year into our relationship, we split for six months and then came back together. Um, And then from there, we were together for, by the end, we had been together for a total of 10 years and we had even gotten married. But there were a lot of red flags that I wasn't able to identify because of my upbringing. There were things that I was used to, um, which is really detrimental when you don't have a parent or a, an adult role model in a relationship that's healthy for you to kind of go off of, like mimic, you know? Yeah. So I missed a lot <laughs> of red flags that were happening. I was flawed in my ways of dealing with conflict and um, disagreements. So I'm not just saying that like it was all him because I definitely had ways that I had picked up on from my parents dealing with each other that like 
I was flawed as well. And I still am. I'm constantly working on it. But once we got married, got really bad. Um, it became what you would term abusive, even though that's a really sharp word. Um, it wasn't until a year into our marriage that that word started applying really, really well. Um, and it wasn't even me that started using it. It was friends around me that started identifying what was happening. Um, there was a lot of gaslighting, emotional abuse, um, and it started escalating to where like we would be in arguments and he was throwing things. And um, I wasn't reacting at my best either because my, uh, th- my friend <laughs> really helped me in framing this one because I carried a lot of guilt coming out of that thinking like, like I'm flawed. I'm, I don't deserve better because like I wasn't perfect in the relationship either. But um, one thing he said was back a dog into a corner and it will bite you. Even the nicest dog you like, you traumatize it, you, you taunt it, um, you poke and prod at it like a, a dog with a wound, like it's going to bite you to defend itself. And that really helped me in wrapping my head around um, getting out of there and that I still did deserve goodness, even though I did what I had to, to survive in that. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, that was very helpful, but that's like, a really broad overview of my background. And there were a lot of things that I struggled with during that time because of my environment. Like I, so I have this page, Holy Banana. Like if you probably follow me, if you're aware of our retreats, but if you don't Instagram, I'm on there as Holy Banana. Um, And during my relationship with my ex, he hated it. He hated me sharing openly. I shared about my eating disorder. I shared about my struggles um, and how I was working through them, growing them and moving through. But he would phrase it as attention seeking. And um, like his family told me that they were embarrassed that their name was associated with it. And they were embarrassed for me. They told me I was doing more harm than good. And it was really, really hard to hear those things when you're simultaneously receiving messages from people random that you don't know saying, you've helped me so much. I just want to tell you that the way you show up on here is so helpful. Thank you. And like I, one of my classmates, sisters, I I guess had an eating disorder and she reached out to me and said like, you helped my sister so much. She literally was like not eating anything and she's following you now and she's doing so much better. And it's like things like that. I I was trying to weigh this feedback that I was getting of you are helping us so much. Thank you. And this feedback I was living in of you should be embarrassed. You should be ashamed. You shouldn't be doing this. You need to be quiet. You need to stop showing up like that where you are. Um, And there was just so much shame around it that I shrunk myself. And even one of my friends commented that I was always, when I told her that I had finally left, she's like, oh my gosh. And I'm so happy because whenever I saw a picture of you two together, you'd be shrinking yourself to fit next to him. And I'm just so excited for you to stand up tall now. (laughs) And I get like a little teary, even just hearing that, because that's literally what I was doing like I was shrinking myself to fit their mold to fit the person they wanted me to be to be safe and it's so crazy to think that um I did the thing that I was so afraid of and I left and I'm not doing that anymore and now (laughs) Mike is six foot three and I'm always looking up and standing tall so it's amazing (laughs) it's amazing um the healing and the growth that you can make happen if you're determined for it Um, but yeah, so during that time when I was being really shrunken and, and just not supported in my environment, I had so many issues, my cycle. And I swear my body was doing this to protect me from having children in an environment that was not safe. I didn't have my cycle for like three years consistently. Oh my gosh. Um, They were on and off. They were clearly not supportive of pregnancy, but all I wanted was to be a mom. So I like we were obviously waiting because he was in grad school. And obviously, we never had any children. But like, just thinking back, like my cycles were off, which my body was not safe in this environment. So that's completely like, I understand why now. 
Um, my, I'm sure my hormones were off because I had so much acne. I was eating as well as I possibly could. He shamed me about the money that I was spending on food. Um, it was really hard to eat healthy. He would tell me that my eating disorder was all in my head and that um, food is food and I just needed to eat it and not worry about it and just wake up the next day and decide that I was okay. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Um, so yeah, there were like the environment was really dragging me down no matter how hard I was trying to be my best self. And I don't say that as like, oh, poor me, like I had it tough. I say that as inspiration because if you're in a situation like that, like check your environment and hopefully it's like it's an environment that you can have a conversation around rather than like having to go through something so drastic as like uprooting your life but even still like your environment really really affects what's going on in your body so I will let Haley now ask me some questions but that is (laughs) (laughs) essentially my story to kind of like set us up for wherever the conversation goes now no, it that was amazing. Um, and honestly, I mean, I know your story. I've heard it a million times, but I love hearing it because it's mm-hmm. so important to hear. Um, Thank you. And just like now, obviously knowing you, having a relationship with you and just seeing how far you've come is just honestly one of the coolest things. Yeah, you should tell so, them about what the conversation we had the first time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I remember getting off the phone and telling my mother-in-law, which who now, you know, and have a relationship with like she, I remember she, she was doing work at our house because we were looking to sell it. And I get off the phone and I'm just like the whole time I'm on this phone. I'm like, this is like just crazy how I just felt, I just felt horrible for you. Like all the things like, you know, he wouldn't, he, he wasn't open to really any health thing. And like, I could just tell there was so much stress. Like you had been holding so much in because almost the entire time, like you were just letting it out and like letting all of your emotions out. I'm getting goosebumps as I talk about it. Cause like, I remember I this day very vividly. I remember and, exactly where I was sitting when I had this conversation too. Oh. It was in our apartment. Like I remember exactly. And yeah. I just remember getting off the phone being like that poor soul is never going to heal if she stays with that person. Like, I just was like, Oh my God. Like, and I was just thanking her. I'm like, thank you so much for like raising an amazing son. Like, I can't imagine if I was in a situation like this, like I'm going to do whatever I can to help her. But like, I just, I, my heart was just breaking because I knew like how much pain you were in. And I wasn't in the place to be like, you should divorce him. You should leave. You know, like that's not really, <laughs> I was kind of being like, you know, have you guys talked about this? You didn't, you didn't say you should leave, but I remember you saying some, and you're actually, now that you say that, I'm pretty sure what you're one of the first people that said something of the sort of like, your relationship sounds like there's like, that's a huge drain for you. And it wasn't until like people started saying it, you were one of the first, you and my friend Lee you two were one of the first um, people that started acknowledging what was going on because I couldn't see it. Like when you're so zoomed in and you're in an abusive relationship, um, you can't tell that you're in it. Like this is so normal to you. But when you said that to me, that and like, you didn't say like, you need to leave him. <laughs> but, no, but I was like, hey, you know, this yeah. isn't, you know, you, you shouldn't have to necessarily experience this or mm-hmm. like, you know, I, it was just, it was a really hard thing. Cause I'm not out here trying to ruin people's relationships. No, I just was no, seeing no, no. like how much it was affecting you. And for you to like be so emotional and letting it all out and still have really not put it together. Like just shows how, like you said, you don't know when you're in it. Mm-mm. You have no idea. No. And, and I, I just, guess it's just so crazy. Like how, how you were able, like one, I mean, I commend you for even just being receptive to it. Cause at first I'm like, when, when you were talking about like the grocery thing, right? Like I know he'd get, uh, they gave you a hard time for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'd be like, Hey, but like you kind of, you need to eat to heal. And you're like, yeah, you're right. Like so many things I feel like kind of connected the dots and just kind of like got you thinking to be like, I am worth more. And like, if I want to heal, how can I do it in this type of environment? Cause I straight up told you, I was like, you are, your body is in fight or flight. Like 
I could give you the best, we could do the best hormone supplements in the entire world, but like your body is so in fight or flight. So we have like, so how soon after that did you feel like, where did the turn of events go next? So that was in 2020, which is, I'm pretty sure we had just moved. So he was in grad school um, to become a physical therapist and I moved, we were not doing well and I was still living here in Lake Placid and he was living up there and we were separated. Not like separated, separated, but like he was living there and I was living here and we were coming together when we could. Um, But we were paying for two separate lives and we were doing horribly and we knew it and we knew that we needed to kind of like give give ourselves a shot at life without the distance because we had always kind of done distance. So I quit my job here um, and I moved up there. And I moved into this, we moved into this tiny, tiny apartment above a garage in the middle of a cornfield. And we started doing life together. And um, that's when we talked. And so I lived there for maybe, I oh my gosh, was it only... Wow. Okay. So I moved there in August or September. I probably talked to you that fall. So like October, November. I think it was almost, I think it was August. August. It might've been August. So that was, I moved there. I didn't realize it was so short of a time that we like (laughs) clearly could not make it work. But, um, in August, we, I'm August or September. I moved there. Then January, around Christmas time that year, we separated for about a month. That spring, I went back and we lived together. We thought we were going to get through it. Um, I thought that we were going to get through it. I was doing literally, I read every book. I listened to every podcast. I was watching videos. I was taking quizzes. I was going to therapy. I went to this trauma healing retreat thinking that I was healing my trauma from my childhood and actually wound up working on this trauma. So it was just like, it was a whirlwind and I was trying everything. And he went to therapy for a time, but stopped as soon as the funding ran out. Cause uh, the priest that married us was willing to fund a thousand dollars of therapy before we considered an annulment and divorce. Mm-hmm. And um, once that funding ran out, he stopped going and following through. So it was very much like con- me constantly begging him to work on us and he would only come through and like pull through when I left and like threatened actually leaving um so we were only together in Potsdam for like like eight months I think I'm doing the math right like seven or eight months and then in May of 2021 I wound up moving home for good May 8th I moved home so I would say through that time my cycles were a mess. Um, they, I, I had them, but they weren't super, super consistent. I was doing, mind you, I was like overcompensating and doing everything I possibly could because I knew how much of a drag my environment was. So they weren't like completely gone anymore, but they weren't healthy um, and balanced. And then when I moved home in May, I wound up living with my parents for the summer. So that environment was better but not perfect (laughs) um so I once I moved out in September of 2021 to my own apartment in town I got my period less than a month later and it was consistent for almost an entire year Iron Man messed it up a little bit because I did the Iron Man in July of this past summer um and that's the only thing that altered it but up until then, when I finally had my own environment, my own place where it was safe and secure, my period was as regular as could be for the first time in like three or four years. It was crazy um, that I saw that big of a change. So I, and I'm basing most things off of my period because our period does talk a lot, but I was just mindset, um, physically, mentally, emotionally just drained. I remember having, I've never had sleep issues ever in my life. I could fall asleep at a live concert. I actually did that once when I was little. Uh, Like I can fall asleep anywhere. And the last couple months of living together before I left my sleep, I could not sleep through the night. 
And that was just like, that was something that really struck me. And I would say was like a very baby puzzle piece in the whole mix. Cause I'm like, I don't not sleep. Like that's not an issue I have. So all the little pieces we're putting together of like, wow, my body really needs to get out of here. Um, but it's, it's hard to leave. Um, it's really hard yeah. to leave. So yeah, that that's kind of like the turn of events, but that's how I saw, like, I really saw improvement come the time that I found a home environment of my own that I like had control over. Yeah. I mean, just to show how much environment affects you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost like days. Like yeah, I had, literally. I brought this up at the retreat too. Like I had someone who I was working with, um, really chronic gut stuff, like was not getting better, ended a toxic relationship. That's not the theme of this podcast. We're not trying to get you to break up with people. <laughs> no, um, I'm really but not. That just happened to be this, that just happened to be this example. And she said like within hours of ending the toxic relationship, she felt inf- inflammation just dissipate from her body. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like it's so not as fun to talk about like the emotional side. I feel like people kind of roll their eyes a little bit and they're like, yeah, whatever. But like, your case is a very strong example of how all of that affected you. And I feel like within the last year, your health has just like your skin glows, your hair is so healthy. You, you you were able to do an Ironman, like the, one of the hardest things to be able to put your body through, like your body would have not like, I, you just wouldn't have been resilient to the stress. I know. Even two years ago. Seriously, I would not. And when I was in the relationship, I, well, that's kind of, it was kind of like my freedom march. Cause when I was in the toxic relationship I was in, I would say like, I want to do the Ironman. Cause my family, my mom has done five. My dad's now done five. My sister has done four. I don't know, probably more than that at this point, she's always doing them. But I was like, I need to do one of these. And he and his family were like, you don't need to do that. One time he actually told two things he told me that I thought were so bizarre. He's like, Oh, you don't need to prove anything. I'm like, I don't want to prove anything. I just want to do it. And one time I asked him, I was like, I think I'm going to buy a road bike. And he's like, Oh, biking is really bad for your female reproductive system. And I was like, that literally makes no sense. Like, (laughs) where did you get that from? One time he told me that if I did burpees in our house, we had like an old house that we were renting. And it was like very, very old. Um, And I'm sure there was stuff in there that wasn't great. But like I kept air filters going and it was clean. But I'd work out in my upstairs office every single day. And he told me that I was negating the benefits of my exercise, doing burpees and stuff, jumping around by all of the toxins I was rustling up in the house from exercising. And I was like zeroing out the benefit of exercising. And I was like, are you even kidding me? Like, are you, what? (laughs) So just bizarre, wild things. But I did the Ironman as like a, like a freedom march and crossing that finish line was so emotional for me because I just like, it's almost like I could hear all of their words in my head. Like, oh, you don't need to do that. Like, don't worry about it. Like that doesn't prove any. And it's just like, this proves that I did this. It took six Mm -hmm. months to train for the Ironman. Six months. And that's like, I know six isn't a big number. Think about that in terms of days. That's 180 days and like exorbitant hours. And so that for me was a huge feat. And crossing that finish line, like I did it with my dad. It was just so surreal. And actually one of my biggest feats in that process is my cycle. All of those years that I D1, I skied on a D1 team. I was in that relationship. I did everything for my health and I could not get my cycles to come back regularly. I trained for an Ironman for six months and I did not lose my period once. It was normal. It was reliable. I knew exactly when it was coming. It did not change. And the only thing that I've dealt with is afterwards. I think my body has some like, um, what's the word? Like, it has it's like uh balancing out afterwards from all of the stress yeah. of the Sometimes day the cortisol stuff doesn't hit you almost like until you're done yeah so now I like and I still get them they're just delayed it's been like and I'm I'm 
I was listening to podcasts the other day. I'm trying to work out whether I'm even ovulating or not because of the stress right now. Because mm-hmm. my cycles are like 35-ish days and very, very heavy at the beginning. So I've been like trying to figure that out. But still, I have them, which like is better than what I had even two years ago. So that's like a huge proud moment for me because also with an eating disorder, like it's easy to exercise and exercise and exercise and under eat. Um, yeah. And I didn't do that. And my body told me that by giving me my cycle every single month. So you're, I mean, I know that you talk about it a lot too, but like if your cycle is off as a woman, like that's a huge indication that your health is off. So I really use it as a nice gauge of like, what am I doing right? And what am I doing wrong? Exactly. Talk a little bit about what healing from your eating disorder has looked like. Cause I know that looks a little bit different for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. but what is that, what has that looked like for you? Sure. So that's a big, a big one, but ultimately it's looked like a really long, slow play. <laughs> um, I would say even, even when I was, um, with him up to like a year and a half ago and even, even a couple times like on my own in the past year because I don't want it to sound like everything was super rosy I left on May 8th I moved home and boom my problems were gone like I am still dealing with a lot of trauma from that relationship because it was so traumatic um a lot of things that I dealt with that no one should ever have to move through and I pray that you don't ever have to move through that anyone listening but um, because of the last year and a half, like I have dealt with so much anxiety, um, bouts of depression at times, just realizing like, damn, like I just (laughs) threw 10 years of my life away when really I didn't throw it away. Like I'm growing through it, but like at times you just feel this overwhelming grief. So there have been times where I've used food as a coping, like emotional mechanism, but the difference is now I'm so aware of it and way, way back I was not. So I would say the biggest takeaway of my eating disorder is how important awareness is playing into things. Um, when I was in college, my eating disorder peaked at its worst when I was abroad in France. So Someone before I left, and I don't want to blame the whole eating disorder on them. It was actually my ex's mom who told me before I left to not gain more than one pound a week while I was in France. And people don't, I guess when people aren't aware of how to talk to someone with an eating disorder, how to interact, like everything is about your weight and how you look like, and I get that. So I'm careful when I'm talking to people Like you can give so many compliments that are not regarding people's appearance and weight and size. Um, And I've been learning those and like trying to incorporate them better. But I remember that statement and it stuck with me. So my challenge for myself every single week was don't you dare gain a pound this week. Actually, I want you to lose it. So I was losing so much weight. I went over there probably at 135. And I came home at 119. So I lost so much weight. Um, My cycle obviously was gone. My bowel movements were non-existent because I had nothing to pass. I had no nutrients to digest. I was eating maybe an egg for breakfast, um, maybe some meat for dinner and some veggies, but I would not let a single carb touch my body. And it was very, very toxic and restrictive. So um at that peak is when I started to learn what it was like to nourish your body because I came home and I was so thin that people in my life started commenting that their fear of my health um and that was new for me and it was different than like oh you look great it was like you're so thin like I'm scared for you so um that's when I I started being receptive and it was hard. Like at first I was very resistant. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm finally thin. Like, what do you mean? I'm too skinny. But 
thanks to those people that were willing to butt their heads in and say that to me. Um, and my ex was one of them. So in that aspect, although I was very, very like hard to deal with through that situation, like he did call me out on how thin I was. Um, so through that process though, I had to grow aware. These people were aware and sure they can come and tell me, but it was my job to grow aware in it. So I, started learning. And that's actually where I started getting more involved in Holy Banana and social media, because there were people that I was starting to follow that were in their own eating disorder recovery. And they were really, really inspiring for my own where like, oh, they're doing it so I can do it. And I started realizing through them that I really did have something that I needed to heal from. Like there was something serious going on my hair was falling out. Like it actually was really, really not good. So awareness was huge for me. Um, over time, I started noticing as I was reincorporating foods that I had restricted for so long, I started incorporating foods and realizing like, okay, like I could eat this, but I actually really don't feel good eating this. So I'm going to not eat this. And I think that is an issue that I have with eating disorder, culture, recovery in general, um, we tell someone to eat a donut and feel fine eating a donut and not to worry about eating a donut and just like that's recovery. If you can eat a donut and not think about it and not worry about it. Okay, well, I can eat a donut once in a while and not stress about it making me gain 10 pounds, but I feel like crap eating donuts because of the quality of ingredients in them. And so for me, the biggest struggle in eating, so the biggest takeaway was awareness, but the biggest struggle for me was fitting into society's norms of recovery of just eat the ice cream, just eat the donut, just eat the food that obviously you're going to feel like crap eating, especially if you haven't been eating foods like that. You throw all of those foods at your body and you're like, no wonder you're overwhelmed so I really dislike that culture and I personally um am thankful for all of the work that I did in my recovery to teach myself how to recover in the sense of like learning what foods nourished me and which ones made me feel good and which ones don't um and I just that that's something that really frustrates me because I went to therapy I went I worked with a registered dietitian Um, I went through a clinic. I like I did so many things. I gave up PTO every other week for an entire month or two um, to drive down two and a half hours away to Albany to go to an eating disorder clinic. And my therapist was sitting in front of me clearly needing her own healing. Like she was so super thin, like you would wonder if she'd eaten in the past month. And she's like, gloating on the fact that she can keep ice cream in her freezer and not think about it and I'm like this is what you're trying to get me to like work on in therapy like (laughs) I don't know it just it didn't fit and so my experience in recovery everyone's experience in recovery I'm not trying to shame recovery everyone's experience is different but I went through recovery really seeing like this huge gap in something that people need and what I needed I needed someone to teach me how to nourish my body properly and not just throw food at it and dissociate all emotions around it. Like, I'm sorry, but the argument that there's no good or bad food, like, I don't, I don't agree with, with that argument. Like there are foods that you just, like, you're not going to pour Mountain Dew into your gas tank. Like you're not going to run on Mountain Dew. You need gasoline. So like, I don't know. I just, I don't like that argument because I think it's flawed, but overall recovery awareness was the biggest thing because now even if I like find myself turning towards food um for like that quick fix I'm like you know I know that that's not gonna feel good and even still like I've done so much work on revamping like the foods that I do eat so I feel nourished I don't feel the need to um soothe with food because my body is always so nourished with the food that I am eating that's like when I need to self-soothe, like I go sauna or I go for a walk, like I'm not hyper fixated on food because my body is not at a want for it because I'm giving it the nutrients that I need 
through good sources of food, you know? So when you are actually nourishing your body in the right way, you actually have the brain capacity to cope in different ways. And I actually am just making this realization now. Like I've been eating mostly. Oh, I'm so sorry. Loyo. Oh, that's totally fine. Loyo. Loyo. Leave it. Come here. Come here. They really like saying hello to whoever's at the door. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just making this realization that like I've been eating mostly animal based, like um, very like nutritiously dense foods, like a lot of organ meats, um, a lot of like squashes and uh, fresh fruits. And I've been drinking raw milk. And I literally, like I have been doing so much more self-care, saunaing and um, face masks and walks. I've been walking my dog in the woods somewhere every day. And it's like, I have the capacity to do this because my anxiety over food isn't there because I'm just eating foods that are so nourishing, you know? So I think that when you reach that point in recovery where you're like, you're actually giving your body what you need, it helps limit cravings and it opens up this whole other source of energy to to cope with actual stress management techniques rather than just food. Exactly. No, I totally agree. Um, do you feel like doing something like, so you're doing kind of more animal based. Do you feel like you, I don't know how I want it. Like that you don't feel like you are deprived or restricting of anything because, and I, I think what you're, the way you're eating is like, honestly, how a lot of people should eat. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. especially if it works for you, like, but so, cause I know a lot of people say that they're like, well, like just eat, you know, don't, don't throw anything off the table or you don't want to be restrictive at all because I know that it makes people kind of fall back into these tendencies. Where do you feel like you fall with that? So I have to be careful with it because yeah, although like, Although I am eating foods that are completely nourishing, I have to be careful that like, okay, like a family dinner comes up and there's spaghetti and meatballs, like what I'm not going to eat. Like you're giving, you're controlling, not controlling. You are, you are fueling your body the way that you feel good fueling it as often as you possibly can. But if there are times when like, things are just kind of like, you have to go with the flow. Um, You have to go with it. Like you do that and just know that like, you know what, when I'm in my own home, when I'm in my own space, I get to, I get to eat however I want, whenever I want, you know? So it, it is a balance where you have to work with society's structures, I guess, because it isn't always yeah. conducive to the way that I want to eat. Um, I also think that I did talk a little bit about how like I don't love the idea of demonizing food um Mm -hmm. and I I don't I really I really don't love that I or what I was saying is like I don't agree with like all food is equal like that's just someone told me that someone told me that once like food is food like all food is equal I'm like actually that's not true but with the animal-based diet so it's been and I've really had to like work on this actively work on this because on an animal based diet this is the this is what I eat I eat grass-fed dairy preferably raw when possible um, grass-fed meats and organs uh, mostly beef and yeah mostly beef um, and like grass pasture raised chicken if possible um, because a lot of chicken has like grain food um, fruit which some vegetables that we know as vegetables are actually fruit. So like squashes and cucumbers and avocados, like they're fruit technically. So fruits, both sweet and not sweet, um, honey. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. So I like, I eat like a very, like very raw and real diet, but something that I've had to work on in my brain is, this approach of certain plants, certain vegetables containing toxins. And I'm like, wait a second, I've been raised to eat my broccoli when I served it, you know, like, so, and I've like really had to work on making sure that I am not pushing foods away that are nutritious Mm -hmm. for you, especially with like balancing hormones. So like 
flat ground flax seeds and um, carrots and like dandelion tea and things like that, that I know have helped with my cycle in the past. Like I have to make sure that I'm very aware of not being like an all or nothing here. And yeah, I you're not dogmatic. You're not yeah, and, about it. It's not like, oh, I only eat these things. It's like, this is the primarily how I choose to eat because it makes me feel good. But like on the retreat, exactly. you had tomatoes, had other Ex- vegetables. Otherwise, maybe you didn't. But like, it's it's kind of any of those types of diets I see is like, I'm just choosing to eat foods that like feel really good for me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I, mean, I feel like when sometimes maybe for some people, if they're listening to this and like, oh man, like maybe don't put a name on it. Maybe you're just like, this is this is the Anna diet. Like, this is what I want to eat because it's <laughs> yeah. really good. No, it doesn't Seriously. fit a specific box. And I mean, like, you can find, you can find people out there that like eat the specific way, but like Haley's right. Like when I feel good. So like we had a ton of tomatoes left over from our retreat. And so we both went home and made tomato soup and I made mm, this so delicious good. tomato soup, something that like Normally, I'm not going to go out and buy a giant box of tomatoes to make tomato soup because it's not something I normally eat. But tomatoes are really fresh. They're from the farm. They're organic. They're good. And so I made this tomato soup and I've been eating this tomato soup, although it might not be perfectly aligned with what some people might call an animal-based diet. So, you know, you like, and I can almost, (laughs) we were joking one night at the retreat doing like sway testing. I don't know if you've ever... (laughs) I don't know I'm just like thinking ever... ourselves like picking up all the stuff in the fridge and being like, oh shoot. <laughs> what what did we pick up that we were like, oh no, it was uh I can't you remember what I picked back, up. You swayed back for bananas. Yes, I think that's because they weren't organic though. Um <laughs> <laughs> have you tried it since? I, I have. I tried it with a banana yesterday and it was okay. I swayed forward. Okay. So I think it really was because they weren't organic, but um So something like that, where like, I literally can look in my fridge and this is, this came with recovery, like the intuition of what does my body want to eat? And will it feel good if I eat this? Like I can literally close my eyes and say, okay, what do we want to eat? And I'll like open the fridge and I will look and feel like, no, I don't want to eat that. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. That actually feels good to me right now. So it's like this, it's almost like intuitive eating, but really leaning towards more of an animal based diet with with the intuition for the other things you know the things that an animal-based diet might say like don't eat these ever I incorporate like sometimes I just want a nice raw carrot you know and then oh. I'll eat one <laughs> so you'll eat ice um, cream you ate ice cream with me when I came up for my birthday yes yeah Mike and I we went out to dinner a couple weeks ago and we went to Emma's and I got a maple creamy so oh, it, like again it's it's not full-on restriction of like I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and not let anything else touch me my body, but I get to decide when I do that, because ultimately I am saying I'm okay with eating something that I might not feel optimal eating, but I'm making that conscious decision rather than just feeling like I'm controlled by emotions and I'm intaking all of this food that I'm just left to feel like crap over, you know? So it's, I would say intuition, awareness, and working to, um, like, love my body for the way that it needs to be nourished and not shame it if it needs nourishment that maybe like I I wouldn't write down on like a perfect checklist you know um so yeah I really try to listen I guess intuition is like really huge for my recovery like that that's something that really came from it and I feel like that totally comes with time you know so people feel like they're not there they can get there and everybody's journey looks a little bit different. There are people who like, maybe they don't resonate with your path and that's okay. But like, this is your journey. This is what's worked for you. And absolutely, you know, cause I feel like, I feel like people get very sensitive about the way they feel like it should be done because there's a yeah. conventional way that it should be done. That's, you know, like no foods off limits. And, and I understand why that's said, I understand those things, but I just really like, I mean, your story is your story and Nobody could take that away from you. Yeah. And, and absolutely. Like I was having a conversation with someone just not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, she messaged me about one of my reels and she mentioned that she felt like I was um, missing the point of recovery and, and kind of like how I was coming off as like privileged in the way that I'm eating. And it's like, well, we all have our own choices and how we fuel our body. And, 
And I, I honestly, I agreed to disagree with her because you know what, if the conventional therapy is what works for you to get yourself to a place of being at ease and peace and comfort in your body, that's you. And that's amazing. And I will always, like, I will always encourage people to be themselves because from my relationship, like trying to fit yourself into a mold is just like, it's horrible. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. And if someone isn't like, the people that are for you and are on your team and are completely like, you know what, like, I'm in line with you, those people are going to show up. If you try to force relationships with people that you're just not really aligned with, like, that's okay. There are millions of billions of people on the planet, like you don't have to get along, or align or agree with everyone. But I don't think that just because you disagree with someone means that you can't learn from them. You know, like we always no, have I things think that's to how learn you grow. Yeah. 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 So no, my, like, this is my recovery. This is my story. Susie next door could do it completely different. And that's amazing. I think that by sharing our journeys, like we can all take pieces along the way that help build ours. But like, for me, like not sharing this kind of stuff, it leaves someone who is completely in the dark without tools. Um, And exactly. maybe the tools that I've used in six, succeeding in all of this which I'm still working on succeeding what even is success <laughs> it's right. not a finish line but um maybe they can use them too so that's why I share and it's never of like hey this is my way and it's the way no like I love I like I'm constantly evolving I'm always learning like Haley oh my god she's like always like I'm always learning stuff from her I'm always Aww, learning it. I'm learning stuff from um, you too. <laughs> I, I love learning and changing and transforming and growing towards a better version of me. So that's that's what it's all about. It is. It's like if we're not growing and we're not learning, like what are we doing? So, I don't know I because <laughs> that's how I spend my free time. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. Like podcast books, all the things. Yeah. Um, well, I literally could have you on here for – we could talk for – hours I mean we yes. do we literally when we, we go on our, when we have our retreat we can say see you for days in a row and I still feel like wait 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 I still have so much more to I know about. um so we'll yeah. definitely have to have we'll definitely do a part two three four whatever in the future um tell everybody so I know you mentioned your Instagram in the beginning um tell everyone where they can find you where they can connect with you all the things yeah so my website is holybanana.com Holy is spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y, and banana is spelled with my name, so B-A-N-A-N-N-A.com. Um, same handle for Instagram, Holy Banana. Facebook I'm on too. I don't go on there as much. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to start actually working with people one-on-one in I just saw your website. I know. So I'm so excited. I'm working on getting it built out, but I have an office space and everything I haven't even told you about that I'm going to be um, like in person being able to see people. So I'm so really cool. excited. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be working on helping people um, identify the pillars of their physical wellness that are like just overwhelmed with stress and helping them de-stress them to like rebalance their homeostasis, essentially. Um, so that is what I'm going to be doing because physical wellness, like we talked about, is much more than physical. <laughs> it's also about emotions yeah. and, and how For stress sure. is impacting all of them. So I'm so excited to start doing that work. And I'm finally like coming around. It, it literally took me until now, like what, a year and a half out from my divorce because I was doing coaching and stuff like that full-time. That was my job. I wasn't working when I lived in Potsdam beyond Holy Banana, but I just had no energy to show up for anyone right. besides myself. So now like, I'm so excited that I finally have the energy to start working with people again and, and helping them de-stress and balance out their, their five pillars that I work on with them. So. Yay. I'm so yeah. excited. I'm so excited. And I cannot wait to see you. I'll be up in Lake Placid in a few weeks at the end of October. So I'll see you then. And yes. then I'll see you again in January and then I'll see you again in the spring. So I know. we have a lot of fun stuff planned. There's nothing going on in October. We're just going up for next family <laughs> yeah. thing. But uh, yeah. if there was a retreat, you guys would know about it. 
there you're gonna get we're gonna get a ton of emails saying like i'm in for the october retreat <laughs> um, i'm so excited yeah, yeah. we're just going I, up with next family and i definitely want to see you either do yoga or a hike with the dogs yes. or something yeah absolutely so i'm really excited about all that's to come though it's just it feels like i'm finally i feel like we're like in a good group of like doing the things that we absolutely love doing you know and i'm i'm really that's what my holy you course is all about like doing the things that give you life so I'm really stoked about I know life's more of that. Way too short to not do those things like to light you up so I'm so yeah. excited for you <laughs> Loyo is too Loyo's excited too <laughs> Bob, so, well no, no, no. thank you All so right. much for coming on and we'll definitely have to have you back yes thank you for having me Haley you're welcome <laughs>